Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2018, and this would be one of my final big media opportunities that I would staff with an officer at the big company. In fact, it was my job to meet the chief diversity officer and senior vice president of human resources at that time. And about 5 a.m., maybe a little bit later, but not much, at the studios of the Tom Joyner Morning Show. You remember, that was the first Black, nationally syndicated radio show in the United States. And it was helmed by Tom Joyner, who is a legend in radio. And you'll get to hear a little bit more about my relationship to him in today's show. Either way, as we got to the studio, we rang the doorbell outside and security let us in. And then they escorted us up to the floor where the Tom Joyner Morning Show was recording. And there to greet us and offer us coffee was a lady named Kim Nelson Ingram. Now, I didn't know how how connected we actually were at that point. I actually knew one of her close sorors who was from Atlanta and we followed each other on Instagram. And at some point, sometimes I get them confused. (laughs) They're both in media, but This Sarar is actually working for one of the big cable news networks right now. She is also in the National Association of Black Journalists. But we didn't know that we knew that person in common until later. But Kim was so gracious. She wanted to make sure that we were comfortable while we waited our turn to go into the studio and talk to Tom Joyner. You know, it wouldn't be until later that I would run into her at my hairdressers, probably about three years later. And she let me know then that she had the children's book coming out. In between that time, we had connected on Instagram and noticed how many people we knew in common. And we just became fast friends. I wanted her to come on the show because I needed her to share her experience as a children's book writer, but also as a self-published children's book writer. She and I have that in common and you'll get to know about her book and everything that it took to get it to market. And then we're going to talk a bit about her role as executive producer at the Ricky Smiley show. That is the nationally syndicated radio show that took over for the Tom Joyner morning show when Tom retired from the airwaves. We miss Tom, but we're excited about Ricky and I want you to get to know Kim Nelson Ingram. She's the lady in charge in big radio. Let's get it. All right, everybody. I am so excited because I have my friend Kim Nelson Ingram on the show with me today. And she is a children's book author and she is executive producer for the Ricky Smiley Show. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? 
Hi, Elle Michelle. I have to be honest, it still sounds weird to hear. She's a children's book author. Yeah, but it's such a good one to have. You know, we're going to explore all about your children's book and what it means to you and your kids and what it's mean to other kids that have read it. Because it's been out how long now? It's almost been a year. Not quite. Almost a year, though, since I first yeah. kind of tripped it out there. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We're going to get into that. And we're also going to talk a bit about your role as a woman in charge in radio, executive producer of The Ricky Smiley Show. That's a good one. It is a good one. <laughs> and I know you enjoy it. But you know what? Before we get too deep into this conversation, how about we have a culture soup moment? Let's do this culture soup moment. All right. Okay. So. I'm always looking at the threads, seeing what people are talking about, seeing what the trends are, hashtags and such. But you know what I noticed with the pandemic and even before that, people were saying that there were ways to make passive income. And one of the ways that they would do that on the internet, they said, was how quick and easy it was to write a children's book. Now, I gave that <laughs> a side eye. I gave it a side right. eye. And that was before I had even ventured into getting Joni's book published. But you know for sure. Is that true? It's, it's look, it's not quick and easy. That's the part that I have to give the side eye to as well. It's not quick and easy, but most things worth having aren't, right? You know, I think I think the thing with the whole the TikTok videos and the and the um and the reels that people put out, you know, you try to make it quick and easy because that's how you have to do that platform. But really and truly, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of putting a children's book together and marketing it and making yeah. it profitable, yeah, it takes a little bit more time and effort than a, you know, one minute video. <laughs> you know, and we talked that's before sure. about this. You learn so much that you didn't know that you didn't know when you get into processes like this. What was one thing yeah. that stands out to you? that was kind of a mountain to clear, to get over when you were you know what? together. Yeah, the, the hardest part for me, and there, mind you, there were little challenges along the way, some bigger mm -hmm. than others, because I had, I had never done this before. Um, in my mind, I thought it would be far easier than writing like a 500 page novel or something like that, which I had tried a few times and didn't finish. So yeah. I was like, oh, this will be easy because the writing part was fairly easy for me. Yeah. Yeah. But the challenge came with the whole formatting and get, okay, well, first, I wasn't sure whether I was going to try to go the traditional publishing route or self-publishing, okay. which is yeah. a whole other long story. Mm -hmm. But by the time I realized, you know what? I want to self-publish. I want to have a little more control. I want this to move a little faster than the traditional route. That's when I started hitting some roadblocks because I had no idea um, the different nuances of sizing and formatting and yeah. illustrating and what, how much bleed this out of the other and just how long that process actually takes, especially when you're talking about a children's book with illustrations, which yeah. mine has, you know, four color, full page illustrations throughout so you know we had to go back to the drawing board a, a couple of different times um with that because different printers require different sizing yeah. um amazon kdp doesn't do hard covers they only do paperbacks or at the time they did now they're experimenting with hard covers but at the time they didn't so there were a lot of little 
little yeah. roadblocks along, along the way that you don't really know until you start doing it, right? There's no way to right. really know. Now with the second one, mm-hmm. yes, I did hit, there's a second one coming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when for sure, but it'll, but it'll be a lot easier. You know what I mean? I guess yeah. it's kind of like, you know, maybe when I had my second child, it was easier than I had my first one in, in many aspects because I had done it before. So kind of similar. You know, before we get too deep into more about how to put a children's book together, tell people about the book. What's the name of the book? Where can they find it? Well, it just so happens I have a copy here and a copy back there. It's actually called You Can Be Anything. And the B is spelled with two Bs because um, the main character is a little girl bumblebee by the name of Bobby. And, you know, she has a little spunky little girl. You know, she has big dreams and she has a vivid imagination and all these sorts of things that she wants to do when she gets to be a bigger bee besides making honey. And that's what everybody wants to do. You're a bee. All you do is make honey. This is your path in life. That's what bees do. And Bobby has some of her own ideas. And she meets people along the way that discourage her. But Mm. she meets a very special person Mm. that encourages her. And um, she understands that, yes, she was right all along. And she can be anything. So. I love it. I love it. It's so sweet. Now, where did your inspiration come to to write this book? Because it sounded like mm-hmm. you were going to do an adult book first and well, switch years. You know, I'm just over the years. I have thought I, I, I'm a I'm a broadcast journalist by profession, but I had always wanted to to write a book. I thought a novel mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, But this came, that I was trying to do. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And this was, I was inspired to do. And I think that's the difference because this really came to me, El Michelle, like, I don't even want to say immediately because I'm sounding like those quick TikTok videos. (laughs) But but the concept really did come to me and the words, et cetera, came to me. Now, of course, I I, I was able to fine tune it, but this was definitely, I would say, divinely inspired. Um. Basically, because it was an, it's an important message that I tried to instill in my kids. I'm not going to say try. I did instill it in my mm-hmm. kids. And I really um, want to share that message with other little girls and boys yeah. um, that they really can do anything that they set their mind to, um, that they want to, you know, are willing to put the work in for, of course, and to not let the naysayers along the way. In fact, don't even share your dreams with people who are going to be haters. Because... True. Those people are out there. So, um, so I kind of, I, I mean, I definitely was encouraged by my parents that, you know, I could do anything I wanted to do, um, even if it was hard. And um, again, I encouraged my kids to do the same. So the, the message was something that I always believed in. Yeah. And the story just kind of, kind of came along with it. And so it's, it's a fun story. It's, it's entertaining to me, but it, there, there also is an underlying lesson or yeah. dare I say message in it as well that I think will be good for both the children reading it and maybe even the parents reading it to them because that was intentional as well. My yeah. hope is that as as a parent is reading it to their to their son or daughter that they go, you know what? That book I always wanted to write or that marathon I always wanted to run or that yeah. business that I already to start. Hmm, maybe I can do this too. So, so I often read it myself. Like sometimes I let me open this book. I'm feeling yeah. discouraged today. What, what can I do again? <laughs> but you know what? And that means that you did a good thing. And that also confirms the fact that it was God inspired. That kind of message doesn't just come 
from in your brain or out of the sky. It, it, yeah. you know, it is divinely appointed. That's exciting. Now, Thank you. let's talk to those folks who are out there thinking about self-publishing, let alone a children's book, maybe even a, a, an adult book. But let's mm-hmm. talk about the things that you run into, because, you know, I, I went through that, too. <laughs> I was going to say, I know you're, you you have expert uh, experience on that as well. Well, I don't know if I'm an expert, but I sure have a, <laughs> what did I say, a Ph.D. in PDFology. Oh, yes, I ma'am. I had no idea. And so many, I didn't even know there were so many different types of PDF files that you could even, even have, you all know. All of that, all of that, the embedded fonts, yeah. and they have to be a certain way, and then the trim sizes, you alert, uh, alluded to that as well. Yeah. If you're going yeah. through Amazon, especially for children's books, the the trim sizes are limited. And if you want to go custom, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. And then there's a yep. whole idea of having your own printer. Talk about these things. This is. This I mean, there's so much. There, there really is so much. I'm actually, because I get asked these questions. Once I put the book out, people think mm-hmm. I am the expert. I'm really not the expert. I just know a little bit because I've done it once. So I know more than the person that hasn't done it before. But I actually am putting a course together about doing just that. And basically it requires, you know, just, just a little bit more research than what people kind of allude mm-hmm. to. And mm-hmm. each book, I believe each person's journey is a little different depending on yeah. what your purpose is. If you right. think that you're going to, you know, get rich overnight doing this, <laughs> nah. Hear me laugh. I, I, I'm not trying to be a hater, <laughs> but that's not usually how it works, you know, well, but um, you know I'm glad you said that. And even if you mm-hmm. go the traditional route, let's, let's level set here. Okay. Yeah. The sure. fact that if you get a big publishing house to buy in on mm-hmm. your book, they may or may not give you a huge advance, may or may not. Mm-hmm. But True. even if it's big or small, the royalties on the other side are minuscule. So you right. probably have to make your money doing something else. They have to recoup all of theirs. <laughs> you may have to do that. So the self-publishing piece is interesting too. While you may not get a huge advance, you, we don't get an advance because we don't have somebody to right. give that to us. We do True. get more money each time a book is sold, depending on who distributes it, right? Absolutely. And the great thing about it is once it's once you complete it and it's done, it's done. And then it becomes, to a certain extent, residual income because you yeah. finished the product and now you continue to to market it and, and, and hopefully sell it. But the mm-hmm. marketing piece is key. Again, I'm in your field of expertise. But marketing is so, so important. One thing that I learned that I would do differently again is I would start marketing it before the book was even done. Oh, you've got <laughs> to do that. You've got to start talking about yeah, it. I yeah. about yes, please. My my um my sequel to No Thanks. I've been talking mm-hmm. about it for at least 18 months, maybe even two years. Yes. Yes. That is the knowledge that I did not have. I think part of it was fear because I was like, I gotta get this done first. I gotta make sure I finish it. But doing that will make you finish it, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um Oh my gosh, El Michelle, there's so, so much. I would just encourage people to ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. consult with people who've done it before, do your own research. Yeah. First of all, know what you want. Know, get an idea of what size you want. Like I knew I wanted hardcover books. I do have paperbacks as well. Yeah. But when I was reading to my kids when they were little, this is what I read. Exactly. You know, I wanted to hold it. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to look at the, all the colorful pictures yeah. and all of that. So um, that left me with, different options. And if I wanted mm-hmm. to go with, let's say an eight and a half by 11 
paperback size. So yeah. figure out what you want and then you'll be able to know, you know, what your options, what your options are. Yeah. Um, also, you know, are you trying to make the most you can off it? Or for me, I mean, thankfully I have a pretty good job. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was just trying to, my motivation was really more so getting the book out there into yeah. the hands of as many little people as I can. Um, of course, I want to make some money off of it, but all that comes into play, like figuring out costs and packaging and mail. Are you going to send them out yourself? Or are you going to leave yeah. it you know, to the store to do that? And I kind of did a combination of both mm-hmm. where I went um, through Ingram Spark, which I know we talked about that before. Yeah. No relation. I have no, you know, Ingram, Ingram, <laughs> but went through Ingram Spark because, I know. <laughs> because, um, you know, I did want hardcover copies. I did want um, an, an outlet where I didn't have to package and mail out books myself. So mm-hmm. they handled the distribution for it. But then I also ordered some copies for when I do author signings or yeah. um, think people want me to autograph them or something yeah. like that that I have my own, you know, hard cover copies. Yes. Now, what I hadn't, did not dip my foot into or my toe or whatever you want to call it into completely yet is um, just ordering mass quantity in bulk. Well, and, you know, that has its drawbacks. And I know <laughs> you made a really good point about knowing your why. Okay. That's going to sure. drive everything. That's going to be your North Star but mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I don't know personally why you would want to hold that much inventory yourself, especially depending on which state you live in. First sure. of all, Texas has sales tax. So every time I'm to sell something from my website or anything like that, I've got to mm-hmm. pay my franchise tax. Right. You may want to avoid that completely. Use somebody like an Ingram Spark, like, uh, you know, who's going to get it to the bookstores for you or Mm -hmm. the online book retailers worldwide or an Amazon, because Mm -hmm. all of that is not in your hands anymore. You don't have to deal with all that. The other piece of it is when you hold all of that inventory, you have to pay upfront money for those books. That's And it's not cheap. It's not cheap, especially if you're going to do a full color like we did. Mm-hmm. You know, Joni's book is full color. And if it's going to be hard copy, hard bound, these little suckers cost money if they you're going do. to print them yourself. They and then do. you got to make they sure do. the quantity is just right. And so you carry that on your side of the ledger until somebody buys it from you. And you will That's literally true. be pushing them from your trunk. Yep. So you're, and I know that for me personally, mm-hmm. I did not have the time, the bandwidth with my, all the other things that I have my oh, hands yeah. in to do to, that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there's a give and take, like you say, you have those yeah. books, you, you got them at, I'm sure a better, a person that does it, I would say gets them at a better rate than going through an Ingram Spark, for example. So you make more money on each book, you know, sold. So, you uh, might. so, you know, I mean, you might. You know. <laughs> Ingram Spark and Amazon can turn it for such a low cost. Absolutely. You end up making more money than, I mean, from what I can tell from my printer, um, even my hard copies of the second edition, even the first edition, um, they're really nice. But I tell you what I do um, when, when I speak, especially for organizations, big corporations and stuff like that, they'll usually Mm -hmm. both order the books. And yes. they tell me how many they want. I go directly to my printer, 
If they want something special on the cover on the inside, we get that done too. It doesn't cost extra, but they print it and then they drop ship it. But I invoice that client right away and I don't use my funds. <laughs> you know? Yeah. See, I, you, I needed to get a lesson from you on that and that, that right there, yes. that right there. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Let me, and let me just, I'll just give you free game. Okay. Free game. You need to do some readings at some churches and some schools or maybe summer camps. Give yeah. them a you and pay for a, a nice amount of books. You'll sign them while no, you're No, I there. definitely would love to do that. I, I We're coming out of the pandemic now because this was published during during the panty. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know. So it was a little challenging, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely open to doing that now. I would love, yeah. would love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I did it during the pandemic too. Um, there were, did you? Large, yeah, you large, did, did you do virtually? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And what we would do, cause <laughs> they had to figure out how to get it to all the people, but I would send mm-hmm. it to one point of contact. And for those that needed less than a hundred books or maybe, maybe more than that, uh, but mm-hmm. not too many, I would sign them if they would pay for them to ship them to me first. I'd sign them all yeah. and I'd ship them off to wherever they need to go. It's just one extra step. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can still do that virtually. And I hosted book clubs and, and book talks and everything just like this. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just did, I did a couple of, of readings. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know, maybe I doubted my own skills, but I just feel like it didn't with the kids. I feel like there's some kind of disconnect doing yeah. like this and yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, the kids really get tired. I mean, um, adults did too. They got yeah. fatigue because everything was absolutely. Zoomed. So I completely understand everything. how hard it but might we're be. We're coming out that. of that now though. We're coming out yeah. of that now. So six to eight year olds to do that. We didn't do that with the children's book. These were with adult, you know, talking about no right. you. So, you know, some gotcha. of them were showing up because it was a part of their leadership program that they were a part mm-hmm. of with their company. So they felt obligated to come, but they were interested in the topic, you know. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm seeing where more authors are doing a hybrid approach to the old book tour model too. So now that mm-hmm. a lot of the bookstores were doing, you know, virtual events, they are they're keeping some of those because there right. are people beyond their geographic footprint and sell more books that way. Absolutely. And we're always seeing that in a lot of different arenas where mm-hmm. things that we were forced to do during the pandemic, we kind of go, you know what, this virtual thing is not bad for that. You know, yeah. you can read, like you said, the reach is much farther yeah. and um, the exposure and the interaction. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't actually, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish what you're going to say. No, I was just saying, I don't actually see, I haven't seen as many in-store um book events mm-hmm. yet maybe just you know it's still early it's still early yeah. coming out of the pan um, but yeah i think the virtual thing i think definitely can work depending on you know the book and the the target person and all of that yeah. you know what we should do we should um because i have the contact let's figure out how to get uh, uh signings for both of us at mahogany books in dc i've always wanted to do that i Shout love to anybody listening in dc you guys give us watch. a call Give yeah. us a text. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I have some information. I'll share it with you. But the, I you know after becoming an author and I, you know, became an author during the pandemic, <laughs> we're just now coming out mm-hmm. of it. I've always wanted to take my first book 
to, you know, one of these notable bookstores that you hear all yeah. about all the time and, and help them promote it. And all they have to do is call, look through the Ingram Spark catalog and make the order. You it know, that's right. None of that comes out of our hands. So, yep. And isn't that great? Like, I love getting that little email. I'm telling too much my business. But, you know, like, (laughs) again, the great thing about Ingram Spark and even Amazon KDP is that they order, like, people can go on Amazon and Ingram Spark also, you know, distributes through them Target and Barnes and Noble and all of that. And you just get that little direct deposit. And I'm like, oh, I saw this. I got a a little gripe about Ingram Spark. Uh -uh Let me tell you. And it's not it's not a gripe, right? But it was a disappointment, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. last month I received one of the statements, you know, you get the monthly statement that, that mm-hmm. shared how many books were sold and whatever. And it's usually mm-hmm. about a 60, 90 day, uh, time frame from the time they buy to the time you actually get the money. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking at the invoice and I'm seeing that someone, and you know, that they're selling to bookstores online and libraries, right. Mm-hmm. And you you really don't have to order. They just kind of, it's on demand, right? They just ask they people, send it out, right? Yeah. They send in the order. And so those kind of trickle in. But this one said 41 yeah. of my books had been sold and 25 of Joni's books had been sold. And I, oh, wow. I was like, that is going to carry that kind of inventory, right? So I get on the phone. Yeah. The phone, yeah. I know who it was. You know what they told me? That's confidential. Really? Why is confidential? I would love to call whatever Target, Barnes and Noble, whoever, and say, "Let me help you." You know, market, but I can't do it. Yeah, they have to contact me. But I, mean, I did not see. I haven't had that experience yet. I didn't really. It's confidential. It's confidential. So, yeah. Okay, put more, right. one more like mark in the column for um, having your own books in your garage. <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I don't have those corporate ins and outs to, you know, I could. I mean, there's yeah. one yeah. route that I'm working on Target right now. We'll see how that works out. But who knows? There should mm-hmm. there may be a Target somewhere that bought the books. I will never know. That's true. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to both. I didn't know. I really am amazed that they can't tell you they're your books. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand why. <laughs> um, now, the lady yeah. that wrote me in yeah. um, customer service said we keep that information confidential for our retailers. So I don't know what concerns the retailers might have. I do not know. I would understand That's that. Interesting. I, I guess I would understand that for one of the smaller independent bookstores, but still, I don't get that either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't see any harm, but I don't know. You're gonna. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna do an experiment. I want to call and see if I can get someone else and get a different answer. <laughs> you know, try it and see what they find. See what you find out. We're getting the cahoots on that one. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. That's part one of episode 167 with Kim Nelson Ingram. So excited to have her. We talked all about self-publishing children's book. Up next in part two, two weeks from now, Thursday after next, Kim delves into her career as a radio executive. Find us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup, 
and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until next time. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.